We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Welcome back. One hour to go. The 2010s decade in review. Joe Beamer with you in for Sandy Beach here on WBEN. And to get a younger than me perspective, we brought in Brendan Keeney. What's up, man? Not much. Now, I'm excited for the playoffs. Oh. That's all I've been thinking about really all morning. I'll tell you, Friday's show, it's going to be very difficult to not talk Bill's playoffs the entire three hours. Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that's pretty much what I'm going to be thinking about for the rest of the week. So it's exciting. It, it's so much different than two years ago because I actually am expecting the Bills to win this game. You know, if you look at the line, it's even because three is what you get for being the home team. So it's pretty much an even line. The Bills defense can contain that offense. It's can we get into the end zone enough times? Yeah, we'll see. I, I really expect a close game. Uh, basically one or two scores, maybe at most. I'm expecting to play 8-15 the following Saturday. Okay. But, you know, hey, well, one game at a time. I dig it. Every game's a season, as uh, Sean McDermott said. Now, Brendan, you're, you're a little younger than me. I am. By, I just think, turned 24. You just turned 24. So eight years younger. And so when the decade started, you would have been in? I would have been a freshman in high school. A freshman in high school. So... For you, I was talking about how technology has changed, right? You know, 2010, having a BlackBerry was the big thing because you could type your emails on that keyboard. Now you see someone walking around with a BlackBerry. It's an antique, you know. Uh, I had a flip phone at the start of this decade. As did I. Because I broke my last one. But I had a flip phone at the start of this decade. Um, My Netflix, I still had the send for DVDs portion of Netflix, (laughs) along with the streaming Netflix, and it streamed onto my Nintendo Wii, which was not high definition. Also 2010, in my room at my house on Crescent, I had a tube TV. So a lot of things have changed. Now you see a tube TV, as I was mentioning, it's mostly in someone's garage waiting for the proper way to dispose of it. Uh, They're not using their tube TVs anymore. You know, HD television 2010, we were still having new shows produced in standard def. Newscasts were mostly in standard def. Uh, Now, nothing's in standard def, and we're starting to move to 4K. In 2010, everyone had DVDs. 
Now, if you have a physical copy of something, it's a Blu-ray, and it's rare to have a physical copy of something, especially now since Disney Plus came out. There's no reason to have a a physical copy of something. What will you remember? And obviously, you have your politics, you have your music, your your movies. Uh, I think the the greatest song of the decade is clearly Blurred Lines by uh, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke, yeah. And my, (laughs) my favorite movie of the decade, which I haven't seen mentioned much, is The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. I thought that was a great movie of the 2010s. What would you say is a significant event of the 2010s, and then what will you remember it for? Significant event of the 2010s. Are you asking me personally, like in my life? It can be personally. It can be something nas- you know, nationally, worldwide, but something that 20 years from now, you're going to look back on the 2010s. And you, personally, that's what you're going to remember it for. Well, obviously, I mean, the 2010s were a massive transformative decade for me personally. I graduated high school and college. You know, I got uh, my first job, my first two jobs, obviously this being the second one. So, I mean, that would pretty much, my transition into adulthood is how I'll remember the 2010s. Uh, flew by. High school, college, absolutely flew by. So hopefully the decade starts to slow down after this. It's funny because, you know, I came here my junior year of college. Uh, I've been here now for 10 years. But I remember it as the same thing, you know, adulthood, finding a job that I really liked and started at the beginning of this decade producing 6 to 11 on Saturday nights. Not producing, I'm sorry, board opping 6 to 11 Saturday nights. And now one of the main fill-ins with my own show behind this mic, I, I, I will really, this decade will always be one of my favorite to look back on and say, look at what happened, you know, made a few mistakes. Uh, but look what that decade, how you got to, hopefully, I'm talking somewhere positive at the end of the next decade. Yeah, I mean, the same. I, I had a, so much fun this decade. Obviously, graduating high school, gradu- going away to college, an amazing experience, being away from home, and then coming back to the area I grew up. So it'll be mixed, obviously, with uh, fun, the fun that I had this decade, but also, uh, you know, that as I mentioned, the transition into adulthood. So very Two different, two different things there. Now, this is an easy question. Let's look at sports real quick. Would you say this Bills team we're watching right now, the best Bills team of the decade? Yeah. Um, the only one that could compete, I think, is the 2014 team that had like a plus 100-some point differential or whatever it was. and Kyle didn't make the play- yeah. yeah, and they didn't make the playoffs. That team was good, too. Um, but obviously, this, this defense is just... You know, phenomenal. And then uh, Josh Allen, I think, is the the best quarterback we've seen this decade. For sure. You know, it's funny because I was saying how the decade looked like it could have been defined by the Bills' postseason drought in sports. But now you look back and you might think more of the Sabres' postseason drought for the 2010s than the Bills'. Yeah, uh, the Sabres, you know, I've reached a tough point with the Sabres where it's become, I used to be furious every time the Sabres lost. Now I'm just apathetic. Oh my gosh, you'd be furious all the time if you were furious. You'd be like some of the people on Twitter. There's no point. And now remember, I did grow up when I was young. So when I first had like cognitive memory, my only cognitive memory really was the Sabres being good. You know, I remember bits and pieces of their playoff run in 99. They had a couple of years where they weren't great in the early 2000s and then of course the lockout, but when I was in when I just started getting into middle school, that's when they were, 
you know, the 0506 team that beat the Senators in the playoffs and then the President's Trophy the following year. So that's really what I remember of, of the Sabres uh, when I first really started to get into sports. I mean, obviously, I think of the 99 Cup run. Uh, that's I was in fifth grade. Then what I call the bankruptcy years, early mm-hmm. 2000s, you know, ever since Casper uh, had scored that overtime goal and dove onto the goat head, yep. the Sabres had a few bad seasons, came out of the lockout. No one thought they'd be decent. Uh, that was my junior year of high school. And then President's Trophy year, I had my prom tuxedo on watching the Sabres game before going to prom get knocked out of the playoffs in overtime. I still had a bedtime for the, the Sabres President's Trophy year, I remember very specifically pleading with my mom to let me stay up and watch the Sabres Rangers. I guess that would have been Game Five, where they, uh, with Drury scored with seven seconds left, and then Fedeganov scored like five yep. minutes into overtime. I was like begging and pleading and stomping on the ground to uh, at least let me watch a little bit of overtime. And thank goodness they scored uh, before I had to go to bed. Game one of the Ottawa series, the year after the lockout. I remember it very well. The SATs were the next day for me. Oh, no. <laughs> and that game goes into overtime. And I had this uh, this thing I had. It was a big Sabres goat head flag on a Sabres goat head stick that I had um, purchased during a Sabres game years ago. And I went ran, running down Mount Vernon in Amherst with that flag when they won game one against the uh, Ottawa Senators that year. And yes, had the SATs the very next day. I think that still stands as the my favorite game that I've ever watched. You know, I watched it start to finish. Obviously, the only one I think that could compete would be the goalie brawl game the following year. But that was phenomenal. Seven six in overtime, scored fifteen seconds, I think, into yeah. overtime. And you know, Crazy. all the all the great games of that season, the season before, uh, we could even look at the twenty ten season when the Sabres looked like they were back on track to to be dominant again. Uh, but my favorite game still, and I know I'm to get laughed at for this is the 8-0 game in the playoffs against Philadelphia when Roman Czechmonic was was pulled and the entire building was going, Roman. That is still one of my favorite games, uh, Sabre games that I ever watched. And that was national on ABC back when ABC would carry the playoffs. What was your favorite Sabres game of this decade? Of this decade? Yeah. Since we are talking about this decade, what's your favorite Sabres game? Or actually, just sports memory of this decade. Well, I'll go Sabres first. Okay. Because my sports decade, my sports memory isn't going to be Buffalo-related, obviously. Sports, uh, Sabres moment, Thomas Vanek in overtime against Philadelphia mm. to clinch the playoffs the year the Pagulas bought the team. Was that the same game where Nathan Gerby had that spinorama backhand? I think so. I think he tied the game, and that's all the Sabres needed was to tie the game right. to get into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I remember the atmosphere in that building. And the very next day, the Sabres were in Columbus. A meaningless game for the Sabres. <laughs> and you know how this city is. I went to that game in Columbus, and so did all. It was a home game for the Sabres. A meaningless game against Columbus that um, that uh, Jokin, not Jokin Hash, uh, Jonas Enroth played half the game. And it was all Buffalo Sabre fans at Nationwide Arena. It was a really cool experience. So I'd say that game against Philadelphia. Yes, the tie is all the Sabres needed. But Can you believe that we were in the same decade as when that happened? No. Like, doesn't it seem like so long ago that the Sabres were even I, relevant? Because I can't associate the team I've been watching yeah. with that team. Again, but also, you're talking my senior year of college. 
So there, uh, we're also in different moments of the life, right, <laughs> yeah, within a little bit. the decade. But that would be my favorite Sabres moment. Uh, and yes, you didn't need the overtime to get the playoffs, but that would have kind of been a downer if Philadelphia had scored after clinching the playoffs. It was just such a cool thing to, uh, to see Vanek score that game, and it's the place he erupt. And the same, you know, Pagulas had bought the team. And I remember in Columbus— That's right. That was that year. That was the year. They yeah. bought the team in February. The team was not— looking to go to the playoffs, and they made one incredible run. Like 20-4 and four or something to like end that? In the season. Yeah. And I remember in Columbus, standing in line to get an adult beverage uh, during intermission, and who is three people in front of me? Pagula. Terry Pagula. He was just sitting in the stands? No, in, in line. At oh, the, in line. At the okay. concession stand in the 100 level. We're not talking, <laughs> you know, whatever the owner suite in Columbus is. He is with the fans in the 100 level. In line as we were getting some uh, some drinks, and, and that was cool. And, and you know, yes, the Sabers have had some down years, but what the Pagulas did for Buffalo in this decade also should go shouldn't go without being said. And I might get into that next segment as well. Now, my favorite sports memory of the decade, Mets, would not be the Mets. It would have to be Virginia Tech beating Ohio State. Okay, 2014. Virginia Tech turned out to be awful that year. Ohio State <laughs> won the national <laughs> championship. Their only loss. To Virginia Tech, who who broke their uh, undefeated home streak, so it was a really that was a cool experience. Of course, 2015 will always be one of my favorite uh, Met seasons. If we just you know don't mention the World Series, but 2015 was a great year for the Mets. The pitching they put together that year, and then my favorite my favorite Bills moment is you great. cannot say. The Bengals beating the Ravens. You can't say it, Yes, though. you can. No. Yes, you can. Okay, for the sake of this argument, tell me something the Bills did that was your favorite. They got they backed into the playoffs that year because of another team. Tell me something the Bills did themselves that was your favorite moment. They the didn't give up in the snow game against Indianapolis to stay alive in the playoffs. But my favorite Bills moment is being at Caputi's Bar on Sheridan after the Bills had beaten the Dolphins. And everyone watching uh, Dalton with that pass on 4th and 12 and tipping over the Christmas tree at Caputi's. That has to be, it, it's not a Bills moment because it wasn't the Bills who were playing, but that was the Bills ending the drought. This year is so much different because I feel losing in the first round will kind of be a bummer on the season. Yeah, this I think it would a be team, a disappointment. And there's, there's another difference, and they mentioned this on CBS yesterday. Not only do you expect this team to go further, but you're going to have most of this team back next year. That team in 26, 2017, mm-hmm. that team wasn't staying together. You knew Tyrod Taylor was, was going to be let go. Nathan Peterman was a joke. I mean, that team was, okay, it's nice, the drought's over. But that's not the team we're going to see in September of 2018. And we didn't. You know, this is something special because this is the team for years to come. And this is a team that likes to play together. And this is a a quarterback who, and I'm not saying Tyrod didn't, but this is a quarterback that loves this city, is embracing Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, it's just completely different circumstance. You know, you drafted Josh Allen to be the guy. You got Tyrod Taylor as kind of a holdover. That was, he beat out... Uh, who did he beat out? He beat out E.J. Manuel, and he beat out Matt Castle. Matt Castle 
to win the job originally. That was during was that that was during the Rex years. That yes, was the first year of Rex. First yeah. year of Rex. Rex I brought mean, him on to be the third string quarterback. Yeah, we we knew you're right. We knew that team wasn't going to last. So I think it is a different feeling this go around, especially because I think the Bills got in a lot on their own merit right. this year compared to oh my gosh, the Cincinnati just pulled off a miracle play to force <laughs> yeah. a three way tie. And do you guys remember that they were tied with the Chargers that year in the standings, and the Chargers had beaten the Bills by like 30 points right. earlier in the season. Right. But the Chargers, as they always do, fell apart later in the season, and they needed the Bills and uh, Ravens to lose, and they needed to beat the Raiders. I don't think they beat the Raiders that day. I think that game fell apart because that game wasn't over before everything else, if I remember correctly. But the reason that game had such a good feeling was it was the first time I was going to see a playoff game since I was in fifth grade. But like I said, this is a different feeling because the Bills got there on their own. You knew they were going, and this is a team we're going to see playing in Buffalo for a long time. That is the only playoff game that I have any cognitive memory of. I do not remember touchdown throwback at all. And that would have been the last time that the Bills had been in the uh, playoffs prior. I, I was at the last Bills playoff home game because my mom was sick that morning. And my dad woke me up and said, want to go to the Bills game? Who was against I believe the last Bills home game, I was eight years old. I think it was against the Jags, if I'm not mistaken. That was the last, it was either the Jags or the Dolphins' last Bills home game, 96. I was there. Okay. But I got lucky that my mom got sick that day. Wow. How lucky you are. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, what's, so what's your moment then, if, if, if it's not the Bengals? So just this decade, the Bills? The, The Bills and the Sabres. Yeah, both. I was at the Steelers game this year. Which was an incredible experience. Absolutely awesome. I I went to school down near Pittsburgh, so most of my friends are Steelers fans. So, uh, you know, tailgating with them and then watching the game with a bunch of them was great. And then, of course, the Bills winning, Josh Allen delivering a dime to Tyler Croft to really seal it. I didn't think that Duck Hodges was going to lead the Steelers down to score a touchdown. Uh, But then, obviously, the two interceptions at the end of the game to cap it was just glorious. On the way out, uh, massive stadium in Heinz, and I don't mean like like the capacity isn't huge, but it feels like you walk forever if you're sitting in the 500s. It feels like you're walking forever oh. to get to your seats. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. And uh, so the whole way down, you know, like the 10 switchbacks or so that there are all the way down to the ground floor, just tons of Bills fans. Uh, it was just incredible experience. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had that walk down after the Pittsburgh Panthers have beaten the Hokies. The Hokies, yeah. yeah. Is Virginia Tech has only won. Once at Heinz Field. What would you say your favorite Sabres moment is of, 20, of the 2010s? <laughs> Winning the draft lottery and getting Rasmus Dahling. <laughs> That's so pathetic. <laughs> it is really pathetic. The only other one that could compete would be, let's see, uh, when they clinched, when, when Arizona beat the Sabres in overtime or whatever and both teams were, uh, were tanking. That was a great moment because essentially at that point we knew we were getting either McDavid or Eichel, which has turned out to be well, good. It but. was the Columbus game when Atkinson scored in overtime. Yeah, that that officially sealed it. Then that's one, and unfortunately that's one of my favorite moments too because I was actually down at Pearl Street for the game, and I just and you're just seeing everybody, everybody there. They were just cheering as Columbus won because that officially sealed that the Sabers are going to finish last place. Would you say your favorite sports moment is the Red Sox? Winning the World Series? No, I'd still go. Eh, I would still go probably. Like, I'm a big Red Sox fan, but it's just so different when 
it's the Sabres or the Bills. It's my right. hometown no. team. So I would have to say being in Pittsburgh for that was great. The drought, ending the drought was awesome. Obviously, yeah. I said you weren't allowed to say that. But the best part about the drought, I thought, was that it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was just a party that whole night. You want to know the personal significance of that? What's that? The Bills ending the drought. The next day, New Year's Day, 9 o'clock, first show I ever hosted on WBEN to talk about the Bills ending the drought. I'd have to say it's a tie for me overall, even though I didn't mention this as my overall moment. The Bills ending the drought was huge, and it was a year after Virginia Tech got back into the ACC championship after a five-year drought. How do these seasons not just run together for you, these college seasons? (laughs) I don't understand how you can just like pick dates out and put it in context. Like I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Obviously nothing compares to how big of a fan you are of Virginia Tech, but like every season runs together for me. It's just ridiculous. Well, growing up with my dad, you people people think it's like I'm this big fan. If you meet my dad, you understand it because he's as big a Tech fan as me, if not bigger. And he's the same way. You mentioned something he could go, "Oh, that game back in 1987." <laughs> No, but it, it, it's it's. I grew up in it. I mean, the basement of my parents' house is there's a shrine to Virginia Tech. It's got the national championship program, the ticket from the national championship. There is a flag in that shrine from a the Peach Bowl in the '80s. I I mean, there are pom poms from when Tech was in the Big East, and they would hand that out at the Hokie Club meetings at the Syracuse games. So I I, I was born into it, and I love it. I'm, I I I obviously embraced it. Aside from sports, and I'm sorry if you've already talked about this, but what was the uh, the event of the of this decade that you'll remember the most? I I think for me, it, it, there's going to be a few things. You know, you look back at 2000s, and Frank will uh, will rearrange this uh, this clock because I know we blew up this uh, blew up this segment. You look at you look at the 2000s, and I think the 2000s were defined by 9/11, the war on terror. And the election of the first African-American president. You know, we, we finally elected uh, an African-American as president. And I think those are events you will remember the 2000s for. The 2010s, so much has happened you know, with technology. I mean, just the our day-to-day lives are almost 80 to 90 percent controlled by our cell phone now. You know, that's not an event, but that was not the way 10 years ago. I can watch a video on YouTube get to my, my apartment, press a button, and now it's on my TV. I mean, So you're saying like a complete lifestyle change. It, it has been. It has been. 2010, most people, and I have charts as you see, <laughs> most people were still accessing Facebook on their desktop. Now Facebook's not even the most popular social media app, but no, one, no one's main way of going there is on their desktop. It's on their phone. You know? If you don't work like... If you don't have a job where you're in the airport all the time or a student, laptops are kind of replaced by tablets now. You, you know, I mean, just so much has changed, yes, with your lifestyle. But obviously, I think you'd be missing a big portion of the 2010s if you didn't mention Donald Trump being elected the president, a, a man who was never in politics, you know, never ran for office before if you don't count that 2000 run where he made for, what, like two weeks against Pat Buchanan. If you don't count that... That's a huge event as well. And everything that's happened, you know, but like I said, I think it's technology, definitely. The way we watch TV has changed. The way we get our news has changed. No one's picking up a newspaper anymore. They're reading it in an app, you know. Most people don't have cable anymore as their number one way to watch TV. They're streaming it. Hey, if you want to stick around for the next segment, we can continue this. It's uh, the 2010s in review. It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach here on WBEN. 
Welcome back. The 2010s in review. Lost one of the greats this decade, Prince. Gone way too soon. April 21st, 2016. I think a lot of people uh, forgot that. Prince passed away uh, 2016. One of, the, uh, one of my favorite musicians. I definitely think, as much as I love the 80s, Prince definitely was one of the main musicians in the 80s. Oh, without question. And some great music. That's one of my favorite. I have to say my favorite is Purple Rain by Prince. It's a great close the bar down song. Okay. Right when you're about to leave, you put it on the jukebox. Kind of calms everything down for the night. All right. 803-0930. We will ask Brendan what his favorite moment, uh, or not favorite, I'm sorry, most memorable, significant moment of the 2010s, what he thinks we will look back on 20 years from now and will be in the history books. But first, Joan, good morning. Joan in Buffalo. I'm sorry, Joan, hold on. We're having phone issues. Frank, thank you for putting that up. Joan in Buffalo, good morning. Yes, good morning, Joe. And we have a lot of things in common. We both uh, grew up on Mount Vernon. Uh, your uh, fiance is the niece of my chiropractor. So, anyway, uh, what I would like to do is cover all of the topics, and I thank you for for this topic. Um, you know, the past decade, personally. Um, for me, and I, okay, I'm a 76-year-old retired teacher, and um, personally for, you know, the last decade, it's been marked with uh, a lot of loss. In 2014, my partner Don of 33 years made his eternal transition. Less than a year later, the father of my boys also made his uh, eternal transition. And since then, eight, I'm not talking about acquaintances, I'm talking about close friends have made that. So, that's, oh, Joan, I'm sorry to hear that. It's, it's been a tough It's been a tough one. to do, but the gains have been uh, my oldest son, married a wonderful lady, and I have new great nieces and nephews. Politically, um, Donald Trump, I couldn't believe it when he got elected. And uh, I am so, so happy, and I hope he gets a chance. The pedophilia has bothered me, but this goes back maybe a little bit before this decade. The thing that has bothered me the most is Benghazi when Trump was in, or excuse me, when um, what's <laughs> I President Obama? I, I yeah, try to block him out the Benghazi thing, where uh, I think um, you know they called for help. Uh, you know, his name was Stevens called for help. He was ignored by Hillary, and he was ignored by Obama, and it was a horrible, horrible thing. And then what they wanted to do and what they did was try to sweep it under the carpet. I will never forget that incident. But in terms of uh, other positive things, number one, the resurgence of our city of Buffalo. Definitely. Side, uh uh, developer Jamal for uh, Seneca Tower, HSBC, 
because that building is old. It was it's the tallest building in Buffalo. It had been sitting vacant for for so long, and thank God this developer saw the potential in that building. I mean now. M&T Bank is going to go in there. Ten floors is going to be their technology center. And I believe, um, oh, what is what is the other, uh, would it be 41 North, 43 North, whatever, they're also, um, you know, going to uh, be involved in this space. And the other thing that I love, I don't know whether you're familiar, the rails, trails in Buffalo. Yeah, Joan, I have to say, going downtown in 2010, a lot different than going downtown in 2019. It's great to see old buildings uh, being reused, like the Labatt Blue House that the Pagulas bought, Um, what the Pagulas have done downtown with the Harbor Center, with keeping the Bills and the Sabres here. Uh, A lot has really branched off of that, and Canal Side, which is I mean, there was really no reason to go downtown if the Sabres weren't home, the Bandits, the Bisons, or a concert. Now, doesn't matter the day, doesn't matter the temperature outside, uh, there's always something going on downtown. Joan, thank you so much for the call. Opens up a line for you at 803-0930, star 930. Brendan Keeney is hanging out with us. Now, Brendan, uh, you're only a few years younger than me. You know, 24, I'm 31. Um, but you uh, had a moment that I think a lot of people sadly have forgotten about this moment, but it is a significant moment of the 2010s. I actually remember being here that day that it happened. Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, I would. Joe proposed the question of what is the most uh, memorable moment of the decade for me, and the, really the first thing I thought of was the Sandy Hook shooting. I think I was only a senior in high school, so that was... Uh, it was a scary time, uh, you know. Especially when I was in school, uh, school shootings became more and more frequent. They weren't so uh, few and far between. And when that happened, you know, to see that someone would be able to go through with killing, you know, twenty children, uh, was a pretty eye-opening experience for me. Even though it happened so far away, um, so it was. That was I remember that day very well. It's like one of those flashbulb kind of memories you have. You remember getting into the car, being told by my father. You know, you remember the sequence. Um, I remember watching the funeral that was broadcast. It was either the next day or a couple days later. Um, that I remember those couple days very well. You're right. You know, there's a lot of a lot of days that kind of just as you said blend together. But then you have those days that you remember like it was yesterday. 9-11 is that for me. And so is the Newtown, uh, the Sandy Hook shooting. I was here. It's when Bowerly was on in the morning. Uh, I was Tom's call screener, 9 to 12, worked with Chris Johnson. And I remember those initial reports. We kept bringing these status reports. Uh, but early on, it was, you know, a teacher might have gotten shot in the foot. It was, it, you know, they had talked about how everyone was out safely. Um, and we kind of went back to talking about what we were talking about that day and then they buzzed in on the speaker in the control room you know a special report coming back into live coverage that a entire classroom was missing and then you know those reports started coming in and that is just something you'd never forget you know and you watch tv that that afternoon that evening 
and the look on the faces of the children outside the school, scared, scared to death. I mean, really scared to death. The parents of those kids um, finding out, you know, those are images you'll never forget. Is everyone hugging each other outside the school, the tears you saw. I mean, and as you said, so far away, not even knowing those people, in the pain you felt or the pain I felt just watching that, just hearing that children, you know, innocent children that were going to school to learn, you know, didn't make it out of that school. Yeah, it was it was unfathomable. Like I don't I don't remember Columbine. I was only four years old, I believe, when three years old, I think, when it happened. So, you know, that was like my father talks to me about Columbine and how shocking it was because they hadn't really a lot of Columbine was the the coverage of it, right? You know, the constant news coverage of it that really brought that incident to the the forefront. Um, but Sandy Hook was different because. I was very well aware of what, you know, I was senior in, in high school. Like, I was very well aware of what was happening. And um, that was really the first news moment that sticks out in my mind. Of course, Obama being elected, you know, I remember th- those little things, but those were expected things. You know, breaking news, that's the first thing that I kind of think about uh, as far as my lifetime or my, yeah, my lifetime goes. Yeah, you know, and I was in seventh grade when 9-11 happened. And I was only in first. I don't remember much of that day. That's one of those things that there's a lot in seventh grade I couldn't tell you about. But I can remember, as you said, going to school that day. I was in Dr. Boz's art class and he had the TV on CNN. And at the time it was one plane in the building and we're sitting there watching it as a class. And you see an explosion in the second tower. Like those are I can't tell you. Half the things I did this year, but I can remember 9-11-2001 like it was yesterday. I can tell you what I was wearing that day because I was trying to change my fashion in seventh grade. I had a t-shirt with a button down over it and khaki pants with cargo cargo pockets. I can remember that. Couldn't tell you what I was wearing two days ago. You know, it's, it's interesting how those days stick out. And the same with Sandy Hook. I remember being here. My shift was till noon. Uh, hung around a little longer to uh, make sure, you know, if they need any help, need any audio cut up. And remember going to my other job at the time that day. And then I worked a night shift at the station next to us coming back here and, you know, and still hearing the news. And, and like I said, those like on 9-11 watching Peter Jennings all day on ABC uh, and they had people in the streets. Have you seen, you know, holding those flyers with people's that sticks in my head as Sandy Hook does with uh, the parents talking about their children and, uh, and just the tears. Um, you saw all the video on, on the news networks, and you're right. It's one of those things because it wasn't expected. You know, you just all of a sudden hear what happened. Right. You know, but look at the end of the decade now and all the precautions that schools have continued to make. You know, a lot of schools now have checkpoints when you walk in, even metal detectors in some schools. You know, it's, it's really kind of changed how schools approach locking their doors, approach people visiting, parents picking up their kids. All of that has changed uh, since this event that happened toward the beginning of the decade. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about uh, lifestyle changes of this decade, I think that uh, safety and security of buildings is something that has 
been brought to the forefront. I mean, when you go to a crowded area, well, the, some of the first questions people ask about our safety that was brought up for you know the in Roosevelt Plaza for the New Year's Eve celebration, the 32nd annual ball drop that's going to happen on New Year's Eve, and that was one of the first questions asked by media was like, talk about the security. Can people expect to be safe here? And I think that's something that uh, you know it's kind of been a part of my life. That's just the way it's been. You know, I was only six years old when 9-11 took place. Obviously, a ton of airport security measures were taken since then. So that's kind of really all I've known. But I know it wasn't always that way. And then with all with these rash of school shootings that have occurred in the last 15 years, I mean, it's been pretty... Uh, I remember talking to one of my professors who's on a school board down in Pennsylvania, and he was talking about even the material glasses made out of nowadays at schools is a paramount of importance because yeah, the chances are very small that our school will be affected, but God forbid it is, and we aren't ready. You're, you're right. The lifestyle changes, I'm going to say, over the last two decades. You mentioned 9-11. I remember when you could, without a ticket, get through security to go watch someone walk onto the plane and then watch their plane off. I mean, now if you don't have a ticket, you don't get past security. I mean, necessary security measures, and that goes for what's happening in schools and public events as well. You know, they're heightening security. They're using new technology to make us safer, um, which, you know, that that is a positive. You know, yes, it's a lifestyle change. And some people complain about all the stuff they have to do when they go through security or what they have to do to go pick their kid up at school. But remember, it's to make everybody safer. Yeah. And so I, I think that uh, we are in a safety, I don't want to say hysteria, I think that might be too strong of a word, but it's definitely much more at the forefront of everybody's minds, uh, at least that's what I'm aware of. Now, you want to end, so we have two minutes left, end okay. on a positive note? Yeah, of course. The city of Buffalo, Joan kind of touched on it. Mm. What the Pagulas have done, I mean, and it's not just the Pagulas. You can look at all the developers who have come into Buffalo. HSC, HSBC Tower, that spent most of the decade empty, mm-hmm. is now finally being revitalized. It's going to be in use in a few months. Uh, you've got Statler that has totally redone the bottom floor there. You've got the Lafayette that I think that was within this decade. The beginning of this decade was nothing. It was an empty building that was kind of falling apart. Now it's a beautiful place for a wedding. It's a beautiful hotel that you bring out of town guests to stay in. Canal side is amazing. There's stuff to do there in the summer. There's stuff to do there in the winter. It's a destination downtown that's not a concert, not a sports team, not Chippewa. Um, Chippewa. I mean, think about what Chippewa looked like in 2010. And now... It's got Delaware North right on the street. It's it's more cleaned up than it was in 2010. Uh, there's just so much more to do downtown. And, of course, when it comes to Buffalo and it comes to we're going into the 2020s with two professional sports teams. I don't think that's the case without Terry and Kim Pagula. Oh, without question. And, uh, you know, staying away from sports a little bit, because we talked about sports a lot earlier on. But They've uh, done a lot downtown, too, with, oh, with that, buildings, yeah. and the Harbor Center was huge. Um, I remember, I don't want to say I was embarrassed, but I remember people coming to visit and being so struck by the lack of development downtown, especially near the arena. I remember bringing my uncle to, it, then it was HSBC Arena, um, and... It was still like uh, 
I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost like there was just fences everywhere. There yeah. was just gravel. It was just like it wasn't a fun place to be. It was just, and now it's just so cleaned up. It looks great. It's, driving in on the 190 North is great now. Oh, it's beautiful. Right? It's beautiful. You look at 2010 and you look at the HSBC Arena at the time, and this is where a professional hockey team plays. This is where huge events come to have concerts for the Buffalo Niagara region. What's in front of it? A parking lot that you're paying $35 to park in, that if your suspension is still intact when you get out of it, you're lucky. <laughs> and then what's across the street? Oh, the building they used to play in before 96. Right? Yeah, that's that's it, another good point. The odd the just odd sat there. there. Just sat there, yeah. it was It was, you know, falling apart. It was the state. You, you, people would try to run up the stairs. They were falling apart. But it's what you would show people. Hey, that's a, a painting of the Sabres when they, before they left for the arena. I'm, Remember on the, the Zamboni side of the odd. I must say it's been very cool to be a reporter for the past year and a half or so uh, and see the development that's happening downtown and, you know, like have firsthand knowledge of it. It's been really cool to see the transformation of, of that area. My favorite part is it's not done yet. Yeah, exactly. That's my favorite part because uh, there might be a stadium down there soon. All right. Well, Brendan, thanks for joining us this last hour. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Tomorrow, we're going to review the year 2019. So get your reflections together. Also, New Year's resolutions. How do you plan to keep them? It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy. Remember, Sandy is back on Thursday. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk tomorrow here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.